Welcome back to the Starting Five podcast on SB Nation Greasy Bear Blues. I am the one P Shark. What's going on, man? Everybody, nothing's changed. Underscore Scott My name is Desmond Frank. I got about some stuff. I keep feel like I'm gonna mention the word, the name Desmond, quite a few times. You already know who it is and who I be. This your guy Trev, aka the Chief of Staff of Dylan Brooks Island. What's good, everybody? Hey man, checking back in, man. Second place, she. You feel me? We here. Second C, she. My known for the Memphis Grizzlies as well. I would kick it down to the big fella, but sounds like I got to hold it down by myself today. Cap, what's happening? Man, not much, man. Shout out to uh, you know you can follow. I feel member Tev Shakir. Uh, he has uh, over here getting his DJ, getting his DJ thing going on right now. But uh, we got the Grizzlies. They finished the season one and three, and a bunch of games that didn't matter. So <laughs> they fell just short breaking the uh the wins record, uh regular season record, but they did tie the record at 56 wins. So I guess what are y'all thoughts about just the entire the season entirety? Like now that it's finally over, the regular season is over. What are y'all thoughts about the team going to the playoffs? Um, I think I'll just kind of I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think what you hear most of us say is if there was if you could put for success. You know, at the beginning, if you could use that word to describe what you thought the Grizzlies season would be, I believe it's this particular season that they just had here. Like to to see the strides that they made, especially like they kind of stumbled out the gate um, at the beginning of the season. But for them just to like ride that ship and it's eventually in the season, um, second place um, in the in the Western Conference, first in the division. Um, second place overall record for like for the um, all the NBA teams. Like I think that like that's good to go with 19 and two without Jaw to say he will miss 21 games and you not only finish above 500 but you finish with one of the best records for um, a, a, for an All Star being out for a long period of time. So um, this season was a success. I think everything that we wanted to see, we saw. We saw Jaw to you know take that next step. Uh, to be an MVP candidate, we saw what Triple J did, uh, especially on the defensive end, which is something that we questioned um, on him um, in this particular show. We saw Desmond Bain step up. We saw, like, Taylor Jenkins, which I think, again, still, like, that's one thing that we talked about on this particular show. Like, is he that guy? And we've seen the right moves. We've seen him make the right punches when he needed to make them, when people have been in and out of the lineup. So really, really great season um, from my perspective. Yeah, overall for the Grizzlies, I, I would definitely have to deem this a huge success. I think a lot of us coming into this season were just um, had the expectation to make the playoffs, avoid the play-in if possible. Avoid the play-in if all possible. Um, but for them to not only be in the playoffs, but <laughs> for them to not only be in the playoffs, but to also have uh, the second seed in the West as well as the second best record overall in the NBA uh, is nothing short of great. Um, you saw big strides made from Ja took the next step into uh, superstar status, which we all knew he had the capability to do. Uh, Desmond Bain, of course, I've come out and say he's this year's most improved player and I will stand and down that hill until the trophy is his. Um, saw some strides being made uh, defensively for 3J, although his scoring kind of took a dip offensively, um, although he was getting, getting them FGAs up a little bit. Scoring took a dip, but 
he made huge strides defensively, so he should be in some conversation for the defensive player of the year. Not saying that he'd win it, should definitely be in that uh, conversation. And then just overall, just the sheer talent of the and the next man up mentality that the Grizzlies kind of took on, which is reflected in that 1982 record without John Morant. Um, the sky's the limit for the Grizzlies. I, I'd get this a huge success. Scale to one to ten, it's a flat out nine. Uh, you can't can't even get any better than this. <clears throat> yeah. Um, when the season first started, I believe, and I believe we all did on this show, but that this team had the capability of not really just going into the playoffs and being in the playoffs, but winning the division um, was an important and crucial part for me. And I love that we are the champions of our division. Did we win the conference? No, but we won the division. Winning the division means an automatic buy into the playoffs. So that was exactly what you see. And it automatically means you get home court, um, at least throughout the first round of the playoffs. So winning your division was huge for me, and I couldn't be more prouder. Um, talked about the success of, you know, without John Morant. Uh, talked about Triple J. Talked about others as well. Taylor Jenkins needs a, a complete knock on the back uh, for the coaching success he's done. Um, but I do want to make sure that I'm clear. Last time we were on, last time I was on uh, with national TV, when that game was on, um, we were playing the Nets. Again, to me, the toughest eighth seed or seventh seed anyone will ever see. We proved that game that we deserve to be the executive or have the executive of the year because of the pieces that we have surrounding Ja, Triple J, Dylan Brooks, and the coaching staff. Like, we proved it that game alone. And a lot of people will begin to see and say, oh, it's the second youngest team, so expectations should be low. Man, screw all that. Ain't no 18, 19-year-old student of the game want to hear that. You didn't hear um, Jalen Green say that or about himself. Like When they ask him how he felt, say, hey, I'm a walking bucket. Their swagger of the Memphis Grizzlies has just changed from we're good enough to we're great. And to see that transformation with these young men and to know that this can be something that we continue to build on is awesome. One thing about us, we didn't change up from last year to this year. We said we're going to run it back. We ran that motherfucker back. Okay. Sorry, Joe. I cussed. Eh. Send me the receipt. But we ran it back. And most teams cannot run it back and get better. We ran it back and improved. Some people will run it back and get lower. We legitimately could be, if there was an award that said most improved team, there's no reason why the Memphis Grizzlies wouldn't be that for this uh, past season, with this season right now. As you look at what happened past season and the glory be to God that we are not done yet. And that's the most beautiful thing. We are not sitting here having to worry about what happens April 12th to the 15th in regards to where we start our first game. We know game one is at FedEx form right there off Bill street. And we'll see whoever wants to come. We don't want the smoke. We're going to start the fire to bring the smoke. And specifically, all game ones outside of a series against potentially Phoenix would be at the fairest farm off Bill Street. Second best record in the NBA. Ain't much else to be said, man. That was they even outshot my bold prediction at the time. <laughs> that was a bold prediction when I said they finished top five. That was bold, and they finished top two, not just in the West, in the league. So, hey, shout out to the Grizzlies this season, man. You know, they started off a little slow. We were getting on them. Hey, much deserved. We got them because guess what? We knew they had the potential to finish how they finished. Um, took that 
jaw injury to get them going, and they got it going. So, yeah, some guys living for this thing, man. And I, we caught some flack because we called out uh, certain certain grids for when they were not playing well. But hey, it is what it is. To what she said, send a receipt. I mean, and we're not going to go back on our words now. So, just gonna call it what it is. Gonna keep it one hundred. It's just that simple. Exactly. My name says apologize for what. They were struggling. Guess what? We called them out for struggling. They're doing well. So guess what? <laughs> we're saying they're doing well. So here's what it is. But let's move on to some Grizzly season awards. You know, you got the regular NBA awards, and we're probably gonna get screwed out a lot of them, but we're gonna give our own personal team awards. So these seem like they'd be easy awards to give, but I know you know it's still four different people on this uh show. Uh well really five with four on the podcast tonight. And I feel member did send me his picks as well. So for MVP this season, Tail did pick Ja. So who's the MVP of the season for the Grizzlies for y'all? I think you just naturally have to go Ja Morant. But if you want to be different, Tyus Jones, in my opinion, has been one of the MVPs, if not the MVP of of the Grizz outside of John, just for the simple fact of how well he's how well he can run a team when the starting point guard is out or when the primary ball handler is out. His ability, like what he did while John Brand was out, is something that I probably have never seen before. And then to be honest, something that a lot of us have never seen before, because to go nineteen and two or something like that, I think that's the number that I keep I. I heard a saw to go that to have that well of a record when your star player is out over the course of a season is amazing. And that has to go to somebody. And I just if you just kind of just look at him and just see how well he still distributes the ball. Um, he doesn't have all the highlights that John Moran has, but the passes that we see John Moran, you know, on Twitter for Ty Jones can Ty Jones can make those same exact passes. Like he's really good. He's um, assistant turnover ratio is like, the best in the league. And it's not even just like this year. It's like in that way over the past two or three years. So um, I said that all to say, I still want to give it to John Moran, but damn, if I could give it to anybody else, it's Tyus Jones. Very, very strong case for Tyus Jones there, but uh, for the, and he does get a rewarded, at least in my book, uh, with the uh, Greer season awards. Uh, but uh, the MVP this year definitely is without question, John Moran. Uh, just we've all talked about that next step for him to take into superstardom, and he did just that this season. Um, so much so that he was definitely in the MVP conversation. And honestly, we get why he's kind of kind of dipped off because he's been out of the lineup over the past you know couple of weeks or whatever. But that that's that's fine. Uh, but yeah, just him being in the MVP conversation, uh, the Grizzlies taking that huge step, getting the second seed in the West. Uh, seeing him at All Star Weekend, putting on the show and things of that nature, uh, it's without question. John Morant, opening showcase. I should never say I was going orthodox today because Scott's going to steal my answers, and that's fine, and that's absolutely fine. But uh, no, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Mute him. Don't even let him talk. Um, to me, I agree. Um, Tyus, listen. Outside looking in, it is John Morant. When you don't cover the Grizzlies like we cover them and know the intricate parts of them, it screams John Moran and it should. But Tyus Jones, whether he would he missed maybe six games this year, um, to the point that Skyler made, 
it's his ability to be on the floor with and without John Moran. His numbers are not going to scream at you. He's not going to drop 20 and 13. He's not going to do that. But what he's not going to do is turn the ball over. We know that for sure. And when you turn the ball over, clearly you lost a possession. The other team gains a possession. So to me, Ty Jones is our MVP. And recall, Grizz Nation, one of the key pieces last year for why I believe we could not go further against the Jazz, we were missing somebody. Hope y'all remember who that name was. Tyus Jones, MVP. This, like I said, the easy answer is job. And honestly, Sheedy, everybody outside looking in, we're probably say we're probably won't probably say job because about what I've seen on Twitter, while they acting like I've seen people talking about the Grizz winning the championship without job, talking about they don't need you, you know, about what I've seen <laughs> because their record without them and their record uh, was twenty and five without them. Uh, I think Tyson played two of those games, so with Tyus starting eighteen and five and. Three of them, three of those losses just came this past week. So, really, before that, I think Skyler had their point. They were nineteen two before the final week. So, uh, it, it's still job. I mean, it's like I was talking this about. I was talking about this with my wife, and it's like without him, they were still one of the. And I think she actually said that they were like without him, they were still good, solid winning. But with him, they were the greatest show. No, that that's the entertainment value. He brought that where they were winning. Wow, they were like the greatest show running every single night. And yeah, yeah, it's, it was it's it was like a bland win with without him. Yeah. But he, you put some Lowry's on there when when he comes in. I got you, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and what I'll say, like I think again, not understanding everything that John Morant does on the floor, but it, again, to follow them as much as we do, and for those Memphians, like you see, like his leadership when he's not in the game when he's just talking during an interview or when it's like in the timeout like on the bench like live as if like he doesn't even get into the game and i think if you're a player if you're the anthony melton if you're kyle anderson if you're xavier tim if you're a salty adama like to see not only your best player play at the level that he plays but then he also like puts that like he gives you that extra bit of energy he gives you the, the, the extra like something about your game that you probably wouldn't be able to get through the leadership of somebody else he provides that to the team and i think that speaks volumes to why in my opinion in everybody else's opinion he's jump he's he's the mvp of the team yep yep for sure and twitter agreed twitter uh did a twitter poll for all these awards and jaw won with 76 percent Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson and a tie. So I had Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain and Utter. Uh, Jaron Jackson and Utter came in second place, tied at nine, nine and a half. And Desmond Bain came last at 4.8%. So I'm assuming Utter, Tyus Jones, but it could be anybody. <laughs> um, so let's move forward to most improved player, which, hey, Trevor just said, you know, who he got as most improved player of the NBA. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> we probably have a unanimous decision, but you never know. So who's your most improved player? um tough one for me tough one for me and even as you ask that question i'm still trying to figure out where i want to go but i think desmond bain i think is the safe answer um i think there's a lot of people i won't say a lot of people there but there's probably about two or three people on the roster that you can make a solid case for um but to see desmond bain again take that next level um not just in his three percentage to see what he was able to do with the ball in his, we saw what he was doing, or we saw what the team was asking him to do. 
internally. And so to not only see him do that internally, but then to carry that over into the regular season, which is, again, being able to handle the ball, being able to distribute for others while also getting your shots, while still being able to shoot the ball at the clip that he was able to do. So I, I just think that, um, in my opinion, is the, is the reason that I would give Desmond Bain the, the award for this one. Yeah, I mean, honorable mention can go to a couple of people uh, for this award. Um, you can definitely put uh, Brandon Clark in the conversation. Uh, you can put uh, Zaire even in the conversation. But uh, it's without a doubt. I've said it all year long. It's Desmond Bain, um, who should be in the conversation, of course, for most improved player of the year. Uh, just the jump that he's made and what the Grizzlies have been asking of him since last season. He's not only have done that and then some. Of course, he's doubled his scoring. He's jumped from uh, nine points a game to right around just a little over 18 a game. Um, pretty much everything else has improved as well. He's shown that he's a capable ball handler now. I mean, it's still a little rocky, but there's progress there. We'll, we'll give it progress there. But uh, it's just like with MVP with me, man, it's open and shut case. It's Desmond Bain. Uh, I would be shocked if he's not even brought up as most approved player of the entire NBA. Get ready. Thank you. I love that. So I I don't know. And the problem I have with this, Trevor, is the NBA. It, and I believe if this was last year, that they would have gave the award to Zion, right? And I, I'm not I'm talking about NBA, but there's some rule in the NBA that like they're not letting second year players get the award for MIP. Like you have to at least be in your third year or past. Trust me, I, I just, I just, he's just a little, little birdie came across my desk and told me that, um, and I shoot the birdie away because I, I believe in Desmond Bain should win it for the league. However, most approved player from this season to me is going to go to Zaire Williams. Um, you talk about the natural growth that he had. I don't, I personally didn't see why we went so far up to get him when it happened. He was then given the again executive of the year. Let's talk about that. He was then given the opportunity to play not even just more minutes, but starting when Dylan Brooks went out. He impressed. He didn't see anything less than 20 minutes a game. He is a rookie and was picked at the 17th pick. And talk to me about the other rookies ahead of him. Besides a few, besides a few, he's really made a strong case that if they weren't doing as well as they were that he could possibly be there. Again, his numbers are not going to scream at you, but he was there to defend. He was there to get rebounds. He was there to hit open shots. He was there to spell minutes for players. And to me from this season, because I definitely didn't see that from Zaire. Desmond, I saw a little bit more in summer league. I was like, oh, well, I see why they're about to see him for the rest of summer league because that boy got that five. That five. But give me Zaire for MIP. <laughs> I like their perspective. Um, I guess my thought going to the war is thank you a player who played last season. But to your point, Zaire, just in this season alone, from the beginning to the end, he definitely has improved. Uh, really, my second place person close would have been De'Anthony Melton. Uh, the way he's just jacking threes and just hitting them at an alarming clip that you couldn't trust him to do late, even last season is, like, you know, really impressive. But Desmond Bain, like we said, summer league, started him, started him at point guard. Like, he couldn't dribble at all last year. You can trust him to play make. And like he was the backup point guard. When Ja was out and Tyree started, Desmond Bain was the backup point guard. And you really didn't have a fall off when he was controlling offense when he came to the game. So 
Uh, Desmond Bain def definitely gets my most improved, and Twitter did agree as well, 72.7%. Uh, Brandon Clark got 0%. It was, uh, you know, kind of crazy to me, but I guess he had a great rookie year, so I guess they were like, hey, he got back to where he played like his rookie year. I, the, <laughs> that's my own explanation for it. Uh, Anthony Melton had a tie with Utter. Uh, like I said, Utter could be anybody uh, for 13.6%. So, defensive. Uh, Scott, you got something? No, I was just gonna say if there's another reason why Brandon Clark didn't get why he didn't get any love at all, I think it's just speak, again speaks volume to how well DeAnthony Melton um, and Desmond Payne played. Like yeah. Brandon Clark had a really solid year, but in, again, most people wouldn't think or remember that because Desmond Payne was like he was doing what he was doing. DeAnthony Melton was doing what he was doing. Zaire Williams was doing what he was doing. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of like you kind of see why he got like no love for. Yeah, <laughs> but he's still that's crazy. Cause he had what he had 20 points on 10 for 10 shooting against New Orleans up tonight. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, hey, that's wild. Play that man, yeah, play that man, right. yes, indeed. <laughs> but we found to defensive player of the year, which we got a player up for running for the actual NBA defense player of the year. So, who y'all got for defense player of the year? Since we a podcast that hates on a certain guy, by the way, but who y'all got? I think for me, it's the only one person I can name I can put it in his head. And it's Mr. Jackson Jr. Um, to see the growth, not only because I think we asked him to do a couple of things. Um, I think one, we asked him to staff out trouble. I think that's one. I think we asked for the rebounding numbers to go up, which we saw that. And I think thirdly, um, you know, it was also to see blocks or how well can he be off the ball? How well can he be at the rim? And if you ask the question, how well can he be at the rim? Damn it, he led the league in blocks. So, like, for me, I don't think there's anybody else that you can give that. Like, to see, like, to see all three of those different levels, uh, like, defensively for him to take, and he did it, like, damn near from the time he got back in the starting lineup. You was just like, damn, like, this is impressive. Like, you get to a point where you're just like, anything that somebody's throwing from the post team, anything that they throwing up off the glass, he's playing and he's taking it off. So, I'm going to miss the one day. All of those reasons are 100% accurate. I fully believe that Jaron Jackson Jr. deserves to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. But all of this doesn't happen without his fellow frontcourt mate, my Defensive Player of the Year, Big Steve and them, Steven Adams. Because the stuff we've asked Jaron to do this that he's done this season doesn't happen without Steven Adams. Uh because we asked him to do this last season, and to all our points, he sent foul trouble constantly. Yeah, he but, was getting foul, you know, getting a couple of block shots here and there. Oh, go ahead. I said to yeah. be fair, he only played eleven games last season. Coming, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Then, yeah, only in only eleven games last season. And then, of course, he got out to the slow start, but I not kind of chalked that more so to him just trying to get back into actually playing. Mm -hmm. Because last season, you're only playing eleven games, and you're going straight into the playoffs. You're not going to be as effective as you your uh, once was at, uh, at a point, but uh, Stephen Adams, uh, from the moment this trade went down, like completely just changed the whole culture of the Grizzlies. Practically, just unlocked everything that we saw potentially for practically everybody to be. Um, just what he gives on the defensive end, as far as rebounding, and not as great of of a rim protector as Jaron is, as clearly shown that Jaron leads league in blocks, but his presence out there and his uh, 
ability to be a defensive anchor at the rim allows Jaron to get those block shots, allows Jaron to play a little bit more loosely, allows Jaron to stay out of foul trouble, which allows him to be on the floor more, which allows him to be more effective. Jaron definitely deserves to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year for the NBA. But if we're doing it for the team, none of this doesn't happen without Steven Adams. So that's my pick for defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, Jerome is in the house. Jerome is first team all defense. If they don't put him at first team all defense, then we definitely have a problem with the NBA because they already screwed us with Mark back in the day, giving him the award, but not on first team all defense. How you get an award not on first team all, all anything? That don't make no sense to me. But anyways, I digress. Defensive player of the year to me um, comes from, if you're looking at Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards. A lot of these players were guarded by Desmond Bain. So to me, my defensive player of the year is Desmond Bain. And I say that be not based upon, because he doesn't have the blocks, he doesn't have the steals, but he went out to go with the toughest assignment, considerably in the West. West is really guard-loaded as opposed to the East, which has more of your bigs. But Desmond Bain went to go find who was the hot person, and he stopped him. When Dylan Brooks wasn't around, and Dylan Brooks missed some time, and even as he's coming back, Desmond Bain still is covering the toughest assignment as the ball handler. So to me, cut the head off the snake by cutting off the ball handler. So to me, I give this award to Mr. Desmond Bain because I look at how much he's also progressed defensively as well. He used to be at the loose end, so to speak, on defense. And now he's definitely improved that to the point where he's really stocky too. So you're not going to like drive past him. He's quick. He's got great lateral quickness, but he's got a lot of strength too. He's not getting bullied down there by DeMar DeRozan or anyone like that. So I'm taking Desmond Bain. Let's see how Cap ends this off. Yeah, definitely respect to our picks. Uh, Steve Adams would have been my second. Desmond Bain would have been arguably third along with like Zaire. Zaire, like in his rookie year, uh, was pretty much a defensive, not a complete stopper, but he's on his way to being like a really good defensive player. And he did really good on his assignments. But Jaron Jackson Jr., man, like I said, led the league in blocks. They leaking blocks and steals together. Um, and when the Grizzlies were playing, when we were getting on him early in the season and getting on the Grizzlies for their defense, he was actually playing good on defense. I can't, I can't admit to that. He was the only person playing defense in the first 20 game stretch. Uh, we was getting home more for his offensive contributions at that time. So, uh, yeah, give me Jaron. Like, um, he's when they go small with him, and Brandon Clark, um, uh, those four quarters. Man, it'd be be a sight to see when um was I forgot which game was there. Like he completely turned the game around the fourth quarter with him and uh Brandon Clark. I cannot remember the game. They were losing. It was it wasn't too long ago. Dang. Did the, uh, the, the Knicks? The Knicks. They were it was the there. Knicks game. Yeah, yeah. I was saying somebody game. was real trash. Actually. It was the Knicks uh -huh. game. It, yep. it was the home Knicks game at FedEx Forum for that. For mm -hmm. those Yep. So he's had performances like that. And it's just hard to ignore. Uh, like I said, got better at rebounding everything. So give me Jaron Jackson Jr., Mr. Triple J for defensive player of the year. And Twitter agreed 85% for him on that one. Uh, Steve Adams got 10%. Once again, Brandon Clark, <laughs> Brandon Clark got 0%. And other got 5%. Um, and I forgot to mention too. Man, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter harsh on Brandon Clark right now. That's that's crazy. <laughs> they are. Uh, Ooh, really? 
Tails, Bigs, Wario, Most Improved. He had Bane and Defense Player of the Year. He had Triple J. And coming up, we got Six Man of the Year. And his pick was Tyus Jones for that one. So who y'all got for Six Man of the Year for the Grizzlies? Tyus Jones is definitely a solid pick. Um, but because I've given Tyus Jones quite a bit of love early in the show, uh, it's time to give DeAnthony Methuen some love. Um, so he's my he's the sixth man of the year for, uh, for the Grizzlies, in my opinion. To see how well he was able to score down the stretch of the season um, when players were in and out, especially Jaw. Like it was, I think it was it was the Brooklyn game, and I think it was Milwaukee too. But it was it was like a two or game stretch where he could not miss. And when I tell you he couldn't miss, like the man didn't hit ramp like two weeks. Everything that he was putting up was going down in really great fashion. Um, so it was not only just his ability to score, but man, DeAnthony Milton, he has some, he he got a couple of posters he can put up in his in his in his game room now because he he bought people too. So just because you know he was able to carry the team in mind, that stretch of this season while John was out um offensively. Um plus he had plenty of highlights this season. Um he's my he's my my vote for this one. Much love to DeAnthony Melton, man. But Tyus Jones is not a safe pick. He is the pick. For all of Skyler reasons that he gave Tyus Jones to why Tyus Jones was the MVP of the season, that is exactly what you need a six-man to do. Um, basically come in the game and the team doesn't miss a beat. Your star player is out, this team doesn't miss a beat. He's led the league in assisted turnover ratio for, if I'm not mistaken, three years in a row now. Oh, twice in a row. Excuse me. It's either two or three years in a row, but I know it's it's, it's no, my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so it's it's clearly as Ty Jones. I mean, I if I didn't go Ty Jones, I also would have went DeAnthony Melson, but uh, because of what he's been able to do over these uh, last few stretches of the se- uh, of the season, but it, it's too tough to ignore Ty Jones here. Uh, this is this is where I award Ty Jones for what he's done in the season. So yeah, give me Ty for Sixth Man of the Year. I guess this is where Brandon Clark gets some love. Not so fast, my friend. Man, give me De'Anthony Melton. Um, it, it's he's hit or miss. Um, sometimes he gets really streaky, but sometimes he kind of is like, man, where is he at? And when you're like, where is he at? It's probably because he's playing defense really hard on somebody and not really being able to get the opportunities that he could get on his own. Um, I completely agree that uh, Tyus Jones could also be a safe pick or a guaranteed pick at six man of the year. Um, but I think the one thing that that hurts six man of the year is like they look at all the stats and like Tyus Jones stats not going to scream at you. De'Anthony Melton's not really either, either I should say. But I would definitely give it to De'Anthony Melton, um, who also could also be a starter on a few teams uh, within the league. Um, and Tyus, Tyus possibly could. I mean, he's definitely better than his twin. Oh my God, I watched him play for the Spurs. I mean, when I say trash, I mean, I took it right to the recycling bin. It was so much trash um, that I was watching. But anyways, <laughs> let me digress. Um, I'm glad we got the better of the twins. Uh, but give me De'Anthony Melton uh, for sixth man of the of the Grizz. My you man, she what's funny about his brother is his brother's second in the league in the season turnover ratio i was just about to say <laughs> <laughs> and i repeat trash <laughs> hey he might be on the same trajectory as his older brother though 
Be on the lookout. Remember, Tyus wasn't playing that much in Minnesota now. He was kind of saying they about similar. They look they look just alike too, although they're about good four years apart. But they look uh, matter of fact, good question. Who looks more like uh <laughs> Tyus and Trey or hey y'all seen Dizzy Valentine's brother? Which one looks more like Dizzy Valentine, his brother, or Trey Tyus and Trey? Yeah, I gotta see that Valentine's. Yeah. I I I watched Layota Chicago and I literally thought it was Dizzy on the sideline. <laughs> I was like, bro, the fall off is real but <laughs> and quick <laughs> oh man but my pick i'm uh, gonna give my bc some love man golly boy he been getting there we like, go yeah. let's give brandon clark some kind of love <laughs> i'll give brandon clark some love on oh, the reach out to some more tyus really uh tyus gets his most and he like I said he we don't have fall off when he comes on the court but his most notoriety has come when he started in place of jaw Rather than come out the bench behind Jock, but he's had, like I said, he's had his moments. The team doesn't fall off when he comes in the game. Uh, him and Jock playing together has worked out well. A lot of people didn't like that, but it has worked out when they have played. But even BC, man, he finally got back up to his level, got back to his hustle place, stopped attempting threes with that um, little hitch, ugly jump he got. But hey, BC, get the love from me. Uh, I already said 2K, uh, tell chose Tyus Jones. He, he's gonna need a jump shot though. Uh, I'm sorry, but he's, he's gonna have to work on some. We gonna have to work on it in the offseason. Yo, know, he had his rookie year though. Like his shot wasn't like that. Like I don't know what happened. Like he just changed what it. Happened, like, <laughs> but um, Twitter Tyus got it. Uh, six and seven point nine percent. Followed by Brandon Clark in second place. Then DeAnthony Milton. Followed by other. All right, BC gets some love though. That's that's all. That's, there we go. Brandon Clark gets some love. Let's go. Right. And the last question was, who's the most likely to improve next season? And Tell did choose Zaire for that one. Uh, tour that I had between Zaire and Santi. Basically, the two rookies I had other, but it could be a veteran player as well. So who y'all have to improve the most next season? I have an answer in my head, but I don't want to, you know, be assumed that I'm copying out this paper. So I'm going to go with Zaire Williams. As the answer for this one, um, I think we've already seen the strides that Zaire Williams um, can potentially make. I think we, for the most part, all were very skeptical of that pick. Um, but I think he, he's proved us wrong. He's played big minutes. He's played big defense. He's played a lot of defense. Um, and we've seen what he can do when he can make a couple shots in the game. And so um, what he can give you from a um, – a, the perspective as far as like what that player looks like in the league, that's um Zion Williams, and I think he'll continue that um next season. Same here, it has to be Zaire Williams. Um, as Scott said, all of us were very skilled on this pick, um, because of the simple fact that Memphis went up to get him. Uh, because I think me and a couple others still feel he probably would have been there at 17, but that's not here or there. But he has made some significant strides this season. Um, both showing what you do both on the offensive end and the defensive end. Um, and I do think that that does continue because his minutes are going to go up because a certain person on the roster <laughs> probably is not going to be more. Um, so yeah, sky's the limit for Zaire. And I think with more minutes and if he has like a Desmond Bain type summer league where he just like plays one game and it's like, all right, pull him for the rest of the summer and we got something special here with, with Zaire. So give me Zaire Williams. Uh, I mean, a player that I definitely want to see make the most improvement would, would go to my main man, 
I, I shouldn't even have to tell y'all, but it's a big jump that he will have to make. Um, that's Big John. Big John Conchar. Um, but that, I guess I'd be like a trolling pick too, right? So I don't want to like really troll myself and others um, about that. But to me, I think someone that needs to make the biggest jump next season or another jump, I would say, um, is this is why I would put Brandon Clark. Um, because I believe there's an opportunity because to me, Xavier Tillman has just, I mean, he's just plummeted this entire season. So we're looking to see who can be that fundamental backup immediately. And I mean, Brandon Clark is there, but let's keep it there. Um, there was a game where I think I like, well, nah, that was big John 15 and 15, but anyways, there is more times opportunities, I believe for Brandon Clark to show how great he can be and how great of a draft pick he actually was as well um, with John and others. So to me, Brandon Clark is my pick, but if you're going to troll me, troll me with Big John. Before Cap goes, are you willing to go as far as calling Big John Triple J since he had a triple-double uh, to close out the season? <laughs> oh, no. I won't. <laughs> but he didn't have one of Memphis Hustle outfits, so I give him that. Okay. <laughs> and my pick, I go with the obvious. Zaire. I think he's going to – he's improved, like I said, this season. He's already gotten to a level that I didn't respect him to get to this season. Um, I thought when we drafted him, it was he was a, a legit project. Going to take three, four years. It might take him two for him to get <laughs> to the level that we would like him to. Probably three for him to literally get to like, like a Brandon Ingram type of level, man. But he's definitely on his way. Uh, Twitter did agree as well, 75% for Zaire. Santi Aldama had 18.8%. Who is a very, I mean, he did a whole lot better than I thought from that pick as well. So the Grizzlies, man, they just, man, Zach Lyman, they, they, they're they not missing with these picks. Other got 6.3%. Uh, and we had a couple comments. Uh, one person, Taylor Moat, uh, her Twitter handle is at TMO326. She said Yandy Melton. And I got David Williams. His Twitter handle is at DavidW2111. Said the the salty uh the salty Obama slander <laughs> 2010 last night in case y'all forgot. <laughs> These Nick Knights that come up with that's a troll. That's a troll. <laughs> that's a troll, actually. <laughs> that that, that's how we're gonna get you know troll of the year for the Grizzlies go up to my man right there with the nickname. That's that's a troll. <laughs> I, you know, I got with the salty, the salty claws. Salty Obama though, man. Salty <laughs> Obama, that was that was ago. Oh my yeah, god, we need to ship. We need to ship my man something for Troll of the Year. That's that's top tier. Yeah. And we had another comment about the MVP question. Um, guys, Seattle. His Twitter handle is at Seattle M A R I Nerd N E R D. Said tough question for the MVP one. Uh, tough question at one level. Jai's an obvious answer given his outstanding play and team leadership. On the other hand, factoring defense and games played, Triple J seems a very reasonable answer. Weirdly, I think you could even argue Titus for his contribution contributions with and without Ja to uh Scott's point. And I would like to commend Triple J. My biggest question of him coming to the season was him staying healthy. And I think he only missed two games. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, he's only missed two games. That's yeah, true. He never finished no season <laughs> for some years. <laughs> He was hurt like the bubble year. He got hurt right before the – he was hurt going, you know, before the season got shut down. Then he got hurt like two games into the bubble. Then missed almost the entire season last year because of this. So, 
And shout out to Triple J for staying healthy this season. So, yeah. Grizzlies, thank y'all for this season. But let's get to who y'all first round opponent should be or who we think is going to be tomorrow night or tonight when this episode comes out on this Tuesday. The Clippers, Minnesota Wolves. Who are we playing game one Saturday to fit this for? I want Minnesota. I think it'll be the Clippers, but I want Minnesota. Minnesota been talking a lot, a little too reckless, you know, in, on Twitter the past couple of weeks. And they, you know, for some odd reason, they think they won't smoke them. You know, I, I don't think they want these type of problems. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to, you know, never mind. I don't think they want these problems. So, therefore, I want Minnesota. I want the Grizzlies to play them and beat them in, like, let's call it five. And so then at that point, Minnesota can come back down to earth and realize, as Drake said, it's levels to this. Yeah, you're right, which is why they won't be in the play-in. So, uh, I mean, be in the seventh spot, the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers are well coached. Uh, they're getting healthier. They got Paul George back. Um, I, I believe in Minnesota. Minnesota's a great team. They got a nice uh, future ahead of them. But I don't think none of those guys are, like, really – seriously battle testing it really to make that jump. Maybe it's up Pat Bath, but Pat Bath can only do so much. Uh give me the Clippers. Give me the Clippers to get the seventh spot. Yeah, unless Ty Lu sits um all of Los Angeles, I'm pretty much banking on the Clippers uh to play. Um and if I can say this real quick and then I'll pass it to you Cap. Like Sam McGunny said something really interesting the other day. And he stated that if you are afraid of a team, then you're not championship worthy. So we're going to prove we're championship worthy. And to me, the best opponent to come out that playing scenario is the Clippers. Because to your point, Trevor, it's not good their team is, it's their coach. You line up that front five, besides Paul George, who really even scares you? Nobody. But still, this team is good enough. Well, maybe Luke Kennard, I don't know. But this team was still good enough to be in a playing scenario. I want us to prove it against the Clippers because, lo and behold, our second round may be a little bit different now all of a sudden. But I'm not going to the second round. I'm going to the game one Saturday. We need to be playing the Clippers. We need to be playing against, a, a to me, a talented coach at this point. And so I'm going to say the Clippers. And the Timberwolves can take the AFC for all I'm concerned. But give me the Clippers and give me the fire to start because we're going to take the smoke too. And somebody said something. I don't know if it was Stan Van Gunny. Somebody said something along the lines that Minnesota is acting like a team that's won something while the Grizzlies are acting like a team that's trying to win something or that's prepared, that's ready to win something. Bingo. I forgot who said that. Somebody just said that. I saw them Twitter. They just happen to make the playoffs. That's all. They that this is their finals. Being in the playoffs is their is their finals. They're done. And it does feel like that. But and not only you didn't not only Paul George, Norman Powell coming back, it and Reggie Jackson, it it just feels like the Clippers are about to I ain't gonna necessarily say blow them out since it's a road game, but they ain't near. <laughs> They're about to humble. Minnesota's about to be humbled in that game and and you know, I would love to see a Clippers versus Suns matchup with Paul George and uh Norman Powell going going up against the Suns. But hey, we want all the smoking Memphis. I don't care who we see. Grizzlies in five. I don't care who. Might be a tough fault series like us against Utah last year. We lost in five games, but it was it wasn't like a blowout. All games were down to the wire. That's why I expect us to win if it's gonna be the exact opposite. We're gonna win in five, but it's gonna be same close game. So I have no worry, but 
I got the Clippers, just like everyone else on here winning. And because of that, it might just be Minnesota, like Skylar. I'm just saying, <laughs> one person doesn't go against the grain. <laughs> but we'll see. Should be an interesting uh, matchup. Anybody else got anything? Breaking news. Um, so our beloved mayors of Shelby County and Memphis has reached an agreement with the Grizzlies to keep the Grizzlies in Memphis for another seven years. So big ups to uh, all the fans, big ups to the city for uh, doing all that they can to keep the Grizzlies here in Memphis where they belong. So, uh, yeah, big shout out. Let's get it. Let's get it. That deserves an air horn. I knew, I knew you were going to do this. Oh, I freaking knew you were going to do that. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. <laughs> I knew you was going to do that. Oh, uh, man. That does it for this episode, man. That's, man. Just remember to follow us at the starting five, the number five MEM. Uh, listen to the other podcasts on the network, the uh, Core 4 podcast, GBB Live, Longview, and 3D. And remember to uh, follow the Grizzly Red Blues at SBN Grizzlies and follow me at the one underscore P Shark. And underscore Skyleto on Twitter. Get your prepositions right, and I'm at the Art of Trapper. It's really shitty. marched all the way to that second seed. Now in April. Let's bring them flowers. Let's get it. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. <laughs>